and welcome to another episode of the Back Check the Hockey History podcast, where we evaluate the Hall of Fame cases of various NHL players. My name is Riley. I am with Bill. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks. And today is the class of 1998, and we have two Nordiques and an old, a sort of old time uh, original six slash. Uh, like pre-original six to original six old timer, so that, that's an interesting combination. Um, so we have uh, Peter Stasny, uh, the safe to say, I think legendary Peter Stasny in some ways because of oh, what absolutely. he, he I did. Th- I think if you had to point to a Mr. Nordique, I think it's him. Yeah, and then uh, Michelle Goulet, his teammate for ten ten years ish, nine or ten years. And then we have Roy Conacher, brother of uh, Charlie and Lionel. Um, so we're starting off uh, with Peter Stasny, who is notable for being not the first um, European-trained NHL star, but very close, uh, Salming beat him. And then there were a few guys who came over. We, we talked about uh, Hedberg and, and Nilsson, but they were, of course, in the WHA in their primes. And then someone like Nedomansky, who came over fairly in, entered the WHA in his like late 20s or something like that, and then entered the NHL, I think he was 30 or something. So Stasny is certainly among forwards. He's one of the first guys to uh, European train players to enter into the NHL in his prime. And he may be the first forward. I don't know. Um, and uh, he, now he did so at age 24, um, which is considerably older than, uh, as we're going to find out was older than uh, Goulet was when he, he came in the NHL and also considerably older than any, any North American train players. Um, but he did so because of course he was escaping uh a communist country because he's from uh, what was then Czechoslovakia, mm-hmm. and um, anyway, he he had a a very interesting career uh, for many reasons. One of which is that he he switched international allegiances twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, so we're talking about him first, and he played from eighty to ninety five in the NHL, fifteen seasons, thirteen quality by our. Uh, estimation uh, he scored 450 goals exactly and he at his retirement he was 18th all-time in assists with 789 and 17th all-time in total points with 1239 and he did that in only 977 games which is not very much for those numbers um he was a minus 15 but that might have to do with the fact that there were some years that the nordiques were really really bad oh yeah like like they weren't always bad, but when they were bad, they were just awful. <laughs> and, and and in fact, uh, his final his final partial season on the Nordiques, he is somehow minus forty five. So God. you take away that season, and he is not a minus player. I don't know how you're minus forty five. Um, <laughs> just ask Patrice Brisebois. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, my, it's, it's my favorite old hockey joke. I think I've told it on the podcast before. It's, uh, I yeah, don't know if you have. Uh, <laughs> What's the same thing about Winnipeg and uh, Patrice Brisebois? <laughs> They're both minus 45 by November. <laughs> um, like, he, he he hit minus 45 in 62 games in 1990. Wow, that's, that's I, a bad team. 
I have no idea. Like they must. This is the well, and this is one of the three years in a row they got the number one overall draft pick. So they were really, really terrible. But like, yeah, you take away that, and he's plus thirty. So, uh, just goes to show you when you look at the career minuses. Sometimes one year. Um, he also had uh, ninety-four point shares, but he is, as we talked about many times, he is a pass first player in that. He's always hurt with that. Uh, notably, he is seventh all-time in assists per game and eighth all-time in points per game, ever. Um, wow. Now, some that has to do with when he played, and as we'll see, uh, the adjustment for era hurts him a lot. But uh, he's basically behind Gretzky, Lemieux, Bossy. Um, I I don't know. I, I I could I could pull it up, but I don't know who how many other. He's, let me see here. Let me see if I can pull that up. Who exactly he's behind in APG? Awesome. So he's behind Gretzky, Lemieux, Orr, Forsberg, McDavid, and Crosby at the moment. For, That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, for assists per game and for points per game, it's probably those exact same players, but um, maybe not Forsberg because Forsberg didn't score any goals, but um, it's going to be like one other person. So it's Gretzky, Lemieux, Bossy, Orr, McDavid, Dion, Crosby with Forsberg being just behind Stasny on the ball free. Um, yeah, so he was he had a very, very good offensive career. Um, he, of course, was undrafted uh, because he, he came over from Europe at a time when European players didn't do that very often. And so among the undrafted uh, NHL players since expansion, Stasny is fifth in goals, third in assists, and fourth in points. And he's ninth in goals per game, but he's uh, fourth in assists per game and fourth in points per game. And, you know, that obviously that list includes Gretzky, of course. So that's why he's not higher up. Um, Era-wise, of the uh, 50 skaters to play in at least 902 games or 11 modern seasons between 80 and 95, he's 11th in goals and goals per game, 8th in assists, 3rd in assists per game behind Gretzky and Lemieux, 7th in points, 2nd in points per game behind uh Gretzky, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, Lemieux wouldn't be in that group because it's 80 to 95. So it would be uh, the assist per game one would be Dion. I guess it would be Dion and uh, and Gretzky. Anyway, um, and then uh, yeah, second points per game behind only Gretzky. And he's but he's ninth in offensive point shares because he didn't score a lot, enough goals. He's 12th in point shares because he didn't score enough goals, and his team sucked. Um, it is worth noting that like. Despite the fact that he is seventh all time and assists per game, eighth all time in points per game, he's still like not the best player of his era because of who he was playing, you know, at the same time as. Um, is a very ridiculous 82 game average, just his career average of 104 points, um, albeit minus one. Um, that's 104 points in 82 games and 66 assists in 82 games, which is kind of insane. That's his career average. That's not a peak. Uh, his three-year peak from 81 to 84 is 130 points per 80 games. Per 80 games, not 82 games, and plus 14. So he did have years when he was a plus um, and when his team was good. Playoff-wise, his playoff stats are not amazing, as you would expect for... Well, sorry, they're good They're good stats per game. They're not amazing. Um for totals because he was on a team that, you know, advanced to, I think a couple conference finals, but that's it. 
So 33 goals, 72 assists, 105 points, but that's in 93 games, so well over a point-per-game playoff player. And he is 8th all-time in playoff assists per game and 12th all-time in playoff points per game, despite being on a shitty team. So that's good. And um, now he doesn't he doesn't look so good uh, if you uh, if you do look at um, his era for the playoffs. He's actually only he's ninth in assists per game uh, among the 132 scarce play 82 playoff games between 80 and 95, and um, he's ninth in playoff points per game. So only a little bit better, and that just goes to show you how skewed the 80s are compared with everything else, because he's yeah. basically at the same spot per game, whether it's all time or in, or his era for playoff points per game, which is just bonkers. Um, so we always talk about adjustment for era and we're used to seeing guys in the eighties knock down anywhere between eight or nine points per 82 games and like 15 Stasny, his career literally overlaps the highest scoring era of all time because of when he entered the league in at age 24, if he'd entered a little bit earlier, like at age 20 or 19, maybe it wouldn't be such a drastic and, or if he'd played until he was, you know, 40, he'd have a couple years in the, maybe in a little lower scoring area. Anyway, this, the hockey reference adjustment drops him 20 points wow. per 82 games. It's still, he's still over a point per game player though, because he was such a, uh, cause he scored at such a high rate. So it's 84 points per 82 games. Um, and of course that means he's not in the um, top 25 in terms of adjusted per game numbers, but he's still a point per game player, even with the air adjustment. That is not true with the versus X error adjustment. It knocks him down lower than that. Um, on the other hand, um, if you set a qualifier to 820 games, he's eighth all time in versus X adjusted assists per game. Um, so that's fairly high up there. We have one trade and it is a, a weird one. And it's kind of, my guess is the season he got traded, you know, like I said, he was minus 45 on a bad team. Um, Sackick presumably was already emerging as the star, I think by 90 easily, because he'd been drafted a few years earlier. He, um, Stasny had the lowest points per game of his career, NHL career to date, and had the previous season had the lowest previous one. So I guess his value had like plummeted because the trade is Stasny for Craig Wolanin and future considerations. Oh, I do like me some Craig Wolanin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a, I just, I used to really like to use him in a video game. He was like really, oh, okay. he was a good enough skater that I could sort of get around guys. <laughs> so he, he was a, a, a highly touted draft pick, I guess, who had just completely, completely flamed out so far in the NHL. Like he was all, he was all power and no forward. If you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he'd scored, uh, it scored 16 goals in almost 300 games for the Devils when the trade happened, um, but had uh, nearly 500 penalty minutes. Sounds about right. <laughs> it just, I understand it was a different time and grit was considered important, you know, being able to fight and all that stuff was considered important, but this feels like the Nordiques sold really low on yeah, maybe, maybe, their star uh... player. 
maybe they maybe they didn't uh, want to keep paying him. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I know they only traded him towards the end of the year, but like classic Quebec, right? sorry, classic Canadian team move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they left. Uh, you know what? Uh, how many years later? Five years later. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, ish. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Anyway, just as a hockey trade, it's brutal. Uh, because it's not like if he had been drafted third overall in like '88, you'd be like, okay. They thought they were getting a prospect, but he was drafted. But Willen was drafted in '85, and yeah, was already true. known that he was a bust by the time he was traded. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess he's not a bust if you want a fighter, but like, or whatever he did. But it's like, because he's before my time. But like, anyway. And the future can uh, the future considerations were Randy Abelischek. Uh. So you know, basically, uh. Ouch for the Nordiques for their <laughs> their star player, but like you said, Bill, it could have been money, yep. or something like that. Um, all right, so Stasny finished top five in heart voting once, um, and that was in '82, his second season in the year in the league. I mean, when he had his career high, almost 140 points, he had 139. Um, he won the Calder the year before in '81. Uh, because he had 109 points in 77 games, and that was pretty nuts uh, for a rookie. He finished as a top 10 player by point shares only once in 83. Funnily enough, not the year that he was... Uh, um, that can't be right. Yeah, it is right. Um, funnily enough, not the year he finished top five in hard voting, but like as, it, as we said, um, it's uh, it sort of favors goals, and he had scored his most goals that year. And then he was a top 10 offensive player, you know, six times, which is pretty good. Like half his career, basically he was a top 10, almost half his career. He was a top 10 offensive player in the league. Um, he, because of when he played, he never led, um, you know, the league in any, despite having the really impressive per game numbers, he never led the league in, in, uh, in per game, like it's just per game or points because Gretzky and then later Lemieux were doing that. Um, he regularly finished in the top three, <laughs> but like a few times and he was in the top five, a bunch of times, but he was never, he was never, uh, you know, um, one because of who, who else was playing at the same time. He, uh, he did score 130, almost 140 points, you know, once he, he's only one of 23 players that have 130 points. He also is one of only 11 players to have 90 assists once and Here's an interesting one. He had 70 assists five times. Only eight players have ever done that. And 110 points five times. So only eight players have ever done that. And he had 100 points seven times. And the only other players to do that are Gretzky, Lemieux, Dion, and Bossy. So that's good company, but it's also worth noting all people who played at the exact same time. as, Or almost the exact same time as he did. It was a really high-scoring era. Because he played center, he never made a second-team All-Star. Um, yeah, well, how could you, right? Yeah, so because it was like Gretzky and maybe Trottier or Howardchuk or uh, or who else, Dion in the early 80s. And then the late 80s, it was Lemieux and Iserman. And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, he'd never, he only has six All-Star game appearances and he has no uh, end-of-season All-Star teams, which is like Bill said, how could you? Um, the versus X peak adjustment has him for his best seven seasons as the as basically the thirtieth best passer in history. He's thirtieth all time in assists for best seven seasons, and if it's best ten, he's thirty third all time. So that's 
he doesn't look great in goals and he looks okay on points, but he's a, you know, top 30 ish player in terms of assists. Um, it's also worth noting while we're going over his various accomplishments that he won some awards on, he was on Slovakia, of course, and or Czechoslovakia first and then Slovakia. And the thing about that is that they didn't win a lot of medals. The, the Czechs, the Czech Slovaks won some, um, the Slovaks didn't. So, uh, it's it's worth pointing out that um, in '94, uh, when he had returned to uh, Slovakia to play again for them, he uh, after after the the breakup of the country, he um, he was awarded a media all star on a non meddling Slovak team in the '94 Olympics. Now, um, that is you know a weird a weird thing because I'm not sure, like I don't think he was allowed to be like i don't exactly maybe he'd retired and then he came back or something because he didn't play that many games for st louis at the end of his career but like um because he's like pro players weren't at the olympics yet so i don't know how he did it but he did it he must have signed after he must have signed with the uh st louis blues after he played in the olympics anyway he played in the olympics and he won the best uh a media all-star award for that and then also in 95 he won the best forward award for the world junior or sorry, the world junior, the world championship B group. So like back then there were two, there were multiple separate groups at the world championships, right? There was like the A group, which was Canada, U S Russia, Sweden, Czechs, probably the Finns. And then there was the B group who the Slovaks were the best of. And then there was the C group. And there was actually in, in 95, there were a bunch of them. I don't know why, but uh, the Slovaks won the uh the they won the b group in order to play at a future world championship in the a group and he was the best he he led that tournament in points despite being 38 years old so worth noting they were not good team neither of those teams were like an all-time team or whatever but uh he uh you know he was a he was a star on both of those teams which is interesting for his actual accomplishments um he was the best player by points on two um, conference finalists in the NHL in 82 and 84. So early in his career was the best he ever did in the playoffs. And he, I mean, he had some, uh, sorry, did I say 84? It's 85. Um, yeah, 85. Sorry. Uh, he had, uh, outstanding playoffs, um, 18 points in 12 games in 82 and 23 points in 18 games in 85. So, you know, he had 19 assists in 18 games in 85, which is, you know, pretty impressive. Um, and uh, then the World Cup, he, he of course, uh, well, it's complicated. So he was on a Canada Cup runner-up when the Czechs um, somehow came in second at the Canada Cup in 76. And he was very young. Because if he was 84, if he was 24 in 80, he was you know 20, or maybe even 19, and depending on his, when his birthday was, and he uh, um, he wasn't a star player on that team, but they uh, of course they came in second, which is pretty impressive, given that the Soviet Union existed at the time, and then uh, he was he of course switched to Canada. Um, for a little while when he got his Canadian citizenship. And so he was a bit of a role player when the Canadians won in 84 um, 
because of course that was a very deep team and uh he was even though he'd got he decided to play for uh canada he was not super high up on the depth chart he was like maybe the third line center but they won but he's got some other uh he's got some world cup champ or sort of regular world championships too in 76 the czechs uh somehow uh won and uh he was a top three forward by points and he also was a top three forward in 78 when they won silver and then he was uh in 77 for some reason he didn't score as much but they also won and then in 79 they won silver he also didn't score as much and i have no idea why some years he scored more than others maybe it was line assignments he was younger right he was not he was not necessarily a star and then he won a bronze medal at the world juniors and um he also uh, won a silver medal at the European Juniors in 75. So he has a fair amount of international hardware um, in addition to his very good regular season numbers in the NHL. So I guess the question is, you know, is, is it, it seems fairly obvious he belongs to me, but, um, so he's definitely got some international hardware, right? Um, even though he didn't have a big role in the Canada Cup champion, I mean, it's still, he has it. He has two world championships. He's got other medals. And he was very clearly the best player on, on two okay, like, Nordiques teams that went, that, that ran into, well, one year the Islanders, for sure. Um, <laughs> the other year, I don't know which team was they ran into. Well, that's that's another, like, what he's supposed to do against that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then he has the really, really good regular season numbers, and yes, they're skewed by the era he played in, but they're still really impressive. I mean, to me, it seems fairly obvious uh, he should be in, unless we're talking about a very, very strict Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, like, it's... Um, he's he's sort of um, very, very punished by the era that he that he played in, in terms of his competition was you know, put up some ridiculous numbers that, you know, make his seem not as impressive. But if you just yeah. look at his straight up numbers, take into account, you know, like we were talking before about, you know, the, uh, the era adjustment knocks him down by like 20 points, but like, shouldn't we give him like an extra 10 for playing for the Nordiques? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they had some really bad years and they're even though, and I mean, the years that they weren't bad and that they were like able to beat the Habs in the battle of Quebec and stuff, a huge amount of that has to do with Stashney being so damn good because I mean yeah. without him I mean there's a lot of years that Nordiques were real bad so yeah um, yeah I, I, I feel like he definitely belongs um, as you know like a um, a uh, a solid sort of typical Hall of Famer you know yeah. not like a guy like Gretzky where you're laughing at the records he set and stuff like that and all these like accolades but you're like that guy was always you know, a, a top five to top ten player in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's and, pretty and hard there's to the other, like there's, there's the other thing, too, which is that even aside from the fact that he was an excellent offensive player for, you know, a, a decade-ish, and he has all this international stuff that not everybody from his era has, he's also a trailblazer in that, like, yes, there were European players who came before him and arguably one European star in, in Salming, but, like, he was the first really big 
like European star player, the European trained star player. I keep having to say strained because of, uh, trained because of Stan Makita and, yeah. and, and probably somebody else who I'm forgetting who was born in Europe, but like, um, you know, Stasny was trained there and was a legitimate star in the NHL in a way that like Hedberg and Nilsson and, and Minamansky weren't because they were just older and also beaten up <laughs> by the time yeah. they got to the NHL, right? Like you could say Hedberg and Nilsson were stars for the Rangers, but like they missed like 20 games a season and never scored anything like what Stasny did. Um, so I think that's important too. In addition to the fact that he was clearly a you know a, a star offensive player, and in 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 an era without Gretzky would probably look a little more impressive. Yep. Yeah. All right. So now we have his teammate, whose career pro career started earlier, despite the fact he was born uh, four years later, um, and that is because uh, despite being drafted in the NHL, Michel Goulet actually played a year in the WHA in which I believe he may have briefly I'm going to check this before I oh no no sorry I was going to say the same and I was wrong he actually he was on a WHA team with uh, Rick Vive and Paul Henderson and uh, Craig Hartsburg and Rob Ramage um, just a hilarious number of either former or future NHLers on this this like uh, not good very bad actually uh, Birmingham Bulls, Birmingham. I'm talking about the states. It's not the UK, Riley. <laughs> I said Birmingham like it was like like we're talking yeah. about the the UK city. Um, anyway, so yeah, so he actually was playing pro uh, at quite a young age. Um, he was 18, and uh, and then of course he he joined the league a year before uh, Stasny did, despite like I said being born four years later. So he played from 79 to 94. So 15 seasons just one year earlier than Stasny and finished up his career one year earlier, um, finishing his career way, like Stasny was 38 when he retired or 39 when the other, and Goulet was 33. Goulet is 11th all time in goals with 548. I forgot to look at uh, what he was when he retired, but, but it would have been a lot higher than that because, you know, there weren't a lot of 600. There was like a few guys who had 600 by that point, but not that many. He also had 605 assists. That's 1,153 points in only uh, 1,089 games. So, uh, and, and 1,153 points uh, was uh, um, 25th, I believe. Is 25th all time now, or is it 25th all time in his retirement? I didn't finish my note there. I don't know why. Um, it was 25th at his retirement. Sorry. Uh, he is also 19th all-time in goals per game ever, which is wow. pretty impressive. Now, of course, 80s, but still. Um, from the draft, so he was drafted 20th overall. We like to talk about our drafts, and he oh, looks pre- he looks pretty damn good. He's third in goals in the draft. Um, behind this is the uh, um, this is the uh, Rob Ramage draft. Uh, speaking of Rob Ramage, and uh, he is third in goals behind only Gartner and Messier, so that's not bad company. Um, and worth noting, he is ahead of Glenn Anderson, who he played fewer games than. Uh, he is um, he's six in assists behind Messier, Bork, Dale Hunter, Neil Broden, and Gartner. Um, of course, Gartner played way longer than Goulet <laughs> yeah. did, and uh, Gartner has like 
22 assists more than Goulet does. <laughs> and then Goulet is fourth in points behind Messier, Bork, and Gartner. Of course, all of those guys played way more. Now, Messi has way more points than Goulet, and Bork has a fair number of points more. But, like, you know, Messi played seven, um, uh, 1,750 games, Bork played 1,600 games, and Gartner played 1,400, and Goulet didn't even play in 1,100. So he looks pretty good um, in that company. Um, unlike, like I said, did I say it was plus 99? Unlike Stasny, he, is, he has pretty good plus minus numbers. He didn't, for some reason, he didn't have that awful uh, season that derailed <laughs> stuff. But he's, because it's such a deep draft, he's actually way, way down. He's 13th and plus minus in the draft um, because there are a lot of guys who played for the Edmonton Oilers and the Boston Bruins in it. And so they look pretty good. Um, and he's 11th in games played in the draft. So the fact that he's third in goals, sixth in assists, and fourth in points, but 11th in games played makes him look pretty damn good. Um, so arrow-wise, uh, he, of the uh, nine skaters to play in 12 uh, full seasons between 79 and 94, he's fourth in goals, 10th in assists, and ninth in points. So he's a top five or top five goal scorer, top 10 uh Offensive player, he's ninth in offensive point shares and he's tenth in point shares. So he looks pretty damn good in his era. He actually looks, you know, not not as good as not quite as good as Stasny, but pretty damn uh, good and and better than I was thinking he would. Just because my memory of him is you know not great because I was not really a hockey fan until the very very end of his career. Um, his 82 game average is uh is just I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> My notes are terrible. Um, it's it's a 87 uh, points per 82 games, which is pretty great, plus seven. And I didn't figure out a uh, three-year peak for reasons that I cannot figure out, but it was over 100 points um, because he, in addition to scoring 50-something goals a game or goals a season, he also uh, he had a fair number of assists in his career. Uh, he, he regularly had... Slightly more assists than he had goals. There were years when he occasionally had more goals than assists, but this isn't this isn't like Cam Neely or somebody like or Brett Hull. This is a guy who did have some some decent passing seasons. Um, so sorry, I don't know why I didn't do that. I should put a <laughs> note. My... Um, playoff wise, uh, 39 goals, 39 assists for 78 points in 92 games. So he looks way less good um, in. Uh, uh, compared to Stasny, Stasny really was the the guy who uh, who showed up in the playoffs. Um, I didn't watch these guys, so I don't know what was going on with Goulet. But like, it's Stasny who has the impressive playoff numbers. Goulet's playoff numbers don't compare really at all. Um, you know, Stasny's... I'd have to ask like somebody, one of my uncles or something, to watch like those Battle of Quebec games back in the day to sort of know what went on there. But I know they always they always didn't not always, but mostly ended up playing against the Habs back then, and the Habs yeah. were a very good defensive team, so that yeah. had a lot to do with it. But yeah. at the same time, um, you know, my my knowledge of, uh, of his career is like remembering him being pretty awesome in a couple of video games. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. So. Well, the thing is, like, someone was scoring because Stasny had a ton of assists, right? He had 57 yeah. assists in 64 playoff games for Quebec. But... Goulet had 34 goals in 66 playoff games for Quebec over roughly the same period, slightly different 
by off by like a year. Um, and so it, it definitely someone someone else. I don't know whether Stasny was playing with his brothers and they were the ones doing the scoring in the playoffs or what. But um, anyway, it's just uh, it's notable how much worse his playoff uh, Goulet's playoff numbers are than his both his regular season and then Stasny's playoff numbers. Um, the uh, the air adjustment also hurts him, but nowhere near as much as uh, as Stasny. It drops him down to 71 points per 82 games, which makes him no longer a point per game player. But of course, uh, it's it's not like knocking 20 points off. It's only knocking about like 14, 13, something like that. Um, and uh. The versus X adjustment is the same kind of thing. It bumps him down to about 900 points. So he, he definitely doesn't look as good, but that's like typical of most 80s players. Um, there There's one trade, and the trade is at least a little more sensible than uh, <laughs> than the, the Stasny trade. So the Stasny trade happened on March 6, 1990, and the Goulet trade happened the day before. Um, so they were really... Just like okay, guys, like it's Sackix. <laughs> we're like building around Sackix. We're getting yeah. rid of, we're getting rid of our stars. I didn't actually, before I looked this up, I didn't actually know because I was uh, I was eight when these trades happened, and mm-hmm. I was a baseball fan. Um, I'm not. I mean, I don't know if you at eight. I don't know how much I I could have named the Maple Leafs, but I don't know if I could have named a Maple Leaf when I was eight years old. Um, <laughs> Blue Jays, I could name, but so I I don't know I did I had no idea that the trades happened literally a day apart from each other. Man, um, and must, anyways, have been, must have been quite the uh, media frenzy in Quebec City. But man, they yeah. Have well, so here's the really crazy thing though is because like Goulet got a better haul, mm-hmm. and he got traded the day before, <laughs> so it's like it's hard. In, in this media landscape, in the 21st century media landscape, where everything is dissected and, like, you know, where, like, even a, a small market team would get everything picked apart by the entire world, it's hard to understand how, like, Quebec got one package. Um, I'm not saying it was great, but it was better. <laughs> they got one package for Goulet on the 5th, and then on the 6th, they got a goon for... <laughs> For, maybe um, maybe maybe uh, they told Stastny to sort of pick where he wanted to go and yeah, sort of did him a solid. Um, maybe it was one of the only teams interested because he had a high salary. Of course, high salary in those days being like a million dollars. Yeah. Um, I I can't I can't think of a reason that the discrepancy between the return would have been so uh, so big. Yeah, and I, I didn't I didn't look into this because I didn't really fully notice that it, this was actually happening until like. I don't know, the other day, and I was like, oh, well, that's cool, and I meant to look into it and see if there was any explanation as to why this happened. Anyway, so Goulet was traded. Um, actually, you know what? I was misstating it. It wasn't as good a deal as I thought, because I thought he was traded for Greg Millen, but he was traded with Greg Millen for, a, um, actually, not a lot. I thought it was for Greg Millen and a bunch of guys I've never heard of, but it was actually with Greg Millen for a bunch of guys I've never heard of. That explains everything. It's uh they didn't get a haul. Um, it was Mario Doyon, uh, Everett Santa Pass, and Dan Vincelette. Do you know any of those guys? 
Uh, I've heard Vince Dillette before, but that's uh, like barely. <laughs> yeah. They were not good players. So Quebec did really, really in two days at the trade deadline. At a, it's funny how the market um, changes over the years. Cause like, I just don't ask me why, but I was looking at like the, the Atlanta St. Louis uh, Keith Kachuk deal when, yeah. uh, when he was like 35 today and he got, he fetched four draft picks, two first rounders and two and a second and a third. And he was 35 and he was like done, you know, like, Ooh, anybody remembers him on the thrashers. He was done. Now he was, you know, the, the thrashers like he, anyway, and yet many years earlier, the, you know, the, yeah, I know, I know Stasny was older. Um, Stasny was, what did I say? Stasny was when he was traded. Uh, he was 33. Okay. Fair enough. But Goulet was 29 and, you know, they were, uh, they were traded for nothing relatively speaking. Anyway, it's just, it's fascinating. Like you said, Bill, some of this has to do with the small market team probably trying to dump salaries, but. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, it's, could be, maybe they wanted to make themselves worse too and really tank for that first overall pick. That is a very good point. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about trying to get, uh, what were they, would that be Matt's or, I think, I think that was Matt's. Let me see. Matt's or Owen Nolan, because they had three for three for yeah, it was, it, was, in a row. Uh, it might have been Lindros. No, it was Nolan. You're right. It was Owen Nolan. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, still tanking for Owen Nolan. I mean, Owen Nolan. I loved Owen Nolan, but like <laughs> of those wow. first round picks, he was very clearly the worst by a lot. Hey, anyway. could have taken Peter Nedved. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, Goulet doesn't have any major awards, but he does. He was a top five uh, player by point shares once, which is more than Sazny can say, though that's uh, because Goulet scored more goals. Um, and he was a top 10 offensive player five times, so one less than Stasny. He uh, he obviously because of Bossy's existence and Gretzky's and Curry's he never led the league in goals, but uh, he did score 55 goals twice, which is one of only 15 players. And like he scored 45 goals six times, which is crazy. Uh, he he was top five in goals multiple like four times, uh, top ten six times, you know top five in goals per game four times. So he he had. Had some pretty great seasons. Uh, 57 was the most he capped out in terms of goal scored. Um, he's one of only 25 players to have 100 points four times. One of only uh, 24 players to have 90 points six times. So he had a pretty good, pretty good career. Notably, because of the position he played, he has three first-team All-Stars. Because he was left wing. Uh, okay. And That's so... Big, right? Yeah. And, like... I mean, who else in in the mid '80s? I mean, uh, who else would it have been, right? Um, we're talking like '84, '86, '87 that he got those. So um, I'm trying to think of another left wing who would have been, because the people I'm thinking, everyone who pops in my head is a right wing. <laughs> So I'm like, I'm gonna see the year. I'm gonna see the year he finished 
uh, he didn't he didn't come in. If I can see the voting, see who finished above him uh, as left wings. Um, uh, Ogrodnik and Tanelli. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, uh, Goulet. Uh, he was. I mean, Brian Prop. Byron Pops is like his main competition over that period, I think. And so, yeah, that, that's why he's, uh, that's why he's got first three first teams and Peter Stasny doesn't. And he also has two seconds. So he has a ton. Um, he, the, one of the big things you could say for his case for the hall of fame is he's got, you know, five end of end of a year, all-star team things compared to guys who have zero like Stasny and like plenty of other guys who are in the hall. Right. Yeah. But as we talked about with Clark Gillies, when you're a left winger, you uh, you make you make end of season all star teams that are faster. It's easier. To, the bur- the burden is lower. Absolutely. The versus X peak um, has his best seven seasons as the 44th best goal scorer of all time. So if you compare that to Stasny, Stasny of course was a uh, top 30 passer, and then best 10 seasons he did trail off, so 54th. So he looks. Peak-wise, the peak error adjustment, he looks significantly worse than Stasny. And then, um, he of course, he also never uh, won a cup, but he was on uh, multiple um, teams that went to the conference finals. Two, the two Nordiques teams we talked about with Peter Stasny, plus a um, Hawks team. However, he missed six games on that Hawks team um, run, and he didn't really uh, he didn't score enough. Um, so uh, the, that trade... That deadline trade didn't work out super well for them. He did uh, have some international success, of course. He was on the same um, Canada Cup team that Stasny was on, that uh, won in '84, and he uh, he had a much bigger role than Stasny did on that one. Um, I presume he was playing with Gretzky, but I don't know for sure. Um, I wasn't, you know, I was uh, three or two. When that happened, so I don't know what the line combos were, but I suspect uh, Goulet was such a prominent goal scorer, and given that uh, given that Curry was not available, <laughs> you know, yep. um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was playing with Gretzky. And then in '87 they won again, but Goulet had a much much smaller role, and I don't know why that was, um, but yeah, he had a much smaller role, and he still they still won both years, and then he also has a bronze um, from the '83 t- World Championships because he was on the Nordiques. And so he played in the world championships sometimes. So his case is a little less clear cut, I think, than Stasny's, not just because he doesn't have the same like trailblazing aspect, but because, you know, he just wasn't as much of a star despite the end of season all-star teams. Yeah. Um, But I mean, he was one of the best goal scorers of his era for a while. I mean, he's got years where he scored between 81 and in 88. He never scored less than 42 goals, and most of the time he scored more than almost 50 or more. So, and he's a left winger too, right? So and he's a left winger. I'm sure if I looked at the yeah, if I, I'm sure if I looked at the left winger left winger totals and records, he would be way higher up there than he is total for all all skaters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you know, I mean, if there's like what Robitai, him, like there's not a lot of sort of elite level uh, left wingers who can, you know, plot forty plus goals a year. It's a pretty rare thing on the left wing for whatever reason. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, like, it's interesting because so Stasny retired in, uh, like he came, he clearly retired and came back, right? Like he, yeah. he, cause he played in the Olympics in between, but he came back, he came back for a really, a, a not very successful stint, um, with the blues. Um, and, uh, in fact, it, like, you know, partway through the lockout year seems to have either been hurt or retired. Now, Goulet, of course, Goulet had a different story. His career was ended by an injury. It wasn't like Stasny where he was, like, not sure whether he should keep playing or not. But it's interesting that, like, Stasny was inducted the moment, like, the year he was eligible, and Goulet was inducted with him a couple of years after he was eligible, or a year after he was eligible, I guess. But, like, it does sort of feel like they did that on purpose. Yeah. Because they were so in everyone's mind they were tied together you know being the two stars of this team that was like never quite good enough because of the islanders and then i assume the flyers or the habs yeah um i guess the habs more often than the flyers um i uh i don't know i am i'm okay with him being in for sure i don't have a problem with it I think if he had been doing those things he did with his, like, the 50-something goals per season for four years in a row and the 40 goals per season for seven or eight years in a row, whatever it was, if he did that in another era, I would be like, absolutely, you're in. Yeah. Um, doing in the 80s, I'm, I'm a little less um, convinced, but like you said, left wing. Yep. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird thing, but just the numbers, you know, sort of skew to, like, just for whatever reason, left wingers score, um, you know, a, a significant amount less than right wingers. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is we don't know. Like he, he was, if I look at his points per game, yes, he had had some decline by, by his final season. Like he was definitely not scoring as much when he, when he had that career ending injury, but like, who knows if he had, not had the career ending injury, if he'd have some, um, if he'd be able to play longer, he might have a little more. I mean, he, he, he's already, uh, 11th all time in goals. Um, but he might've been even higher, right. Had he not just gotten that concussion. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm fine with him being in, I'm, I'm definitely more on the fence than I was with, uh, Stasny. Yeah. I like, there's no way I would take him out. Um, I think he's got a solid case, you know, like maybe a little bit below Stastny where you have to think about it a bit more, but I think yeah. inevitably he would sort of go in on most people's, most people's lists. Yeah. All right. So lastly, we have Charlie Conacher's brother, Roy. And I say that because we of course talked about, uh, we've talked about both brothers in our heart series, but we talked a lot about Charlie Conacher in the heart series because we had decided that he probably deserved multiple heart trophies. Um, and as a result of not getting them is, is perhaps one of the lesser known stars of his era because, you know, it's just easy to look up who won MVP and sort of decide like, Oh, the best. And like, cause Conacher, yeah. cause Charlie never won it. Um, you know, sort of forgotten about, of course, Roy didn't win it either but he did uh, do some other things that are very notable. And he was, he played later. I don't know how much younger he was. He was, so he's seven years younger than Charlie. 
Because I was like, he, he definitely, his career got started significantly later than his brothers. Um, and of course, they were also brothers with uh, another Hall of Famer. Uh, I think Lionel's in the Hall of Fame. Let me double check. Yeah, Lionel is in the Hall of Fame, who was a defenseman who played way earlier. So I don't know what their parents were doing because um, uh, Roy is 15 years younger than Lionel and seven years younger than Charlie. Maybe they just had, maybe it was the early 1900s. Maybe they had like 20 kids. <laughs> These are the only ones who played hockey. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, Roy played from 38 to 52. So that is substantially later than both of his brothers. Um, it, he played 11 seasons and 10 of those were uh, quality at, um, by our uh, um, estimation. Now you be you might be like, what? That's that's more than 11 seasons, and of course World War II. So, like many players, he he missed uh, multiple years. Uh, I don't actually I forgot to look up what he was doing, but he clearly he departed um, for the war for a little while because he missed uh, two and a half ish seasons, something like that. Um, when he retired, he was 11th all time in goals, and he was 17th all time in points. So that's that sounds pretty good to me. Mm -hmm. um, he was also 18th all-time in offensive point shares at his retirement. And it's worth noting he was 9th all-time in goals per game uh, at his retirement as well, which is pretty impressive. But it's worth noting that because of the way hockey reference calculates that, there's a minimum threshold of 200 goals. And given that he had 226 and he was 11th all-time when he retired, there weren't that many yeah. people who had that, enough goals to qualify. Um, and the only other way to do it would be to like say a games a games play qualifier, and I didn't look at that. So, of the uh, he was he was not drafted. Obviously, the draft didn't exist. Um, of the thirty four skaters to play in four hundred ten games or five modern seasons between thirty eight and fifty two, uh, Conacher looks very good goals wise, not so good assist wise and decent points wise. He is second in goals and goals per game, but he's 15th in assists, 14th in assists per game and ninth in points and sixth in points per game. But he's second in offensive point shares and fifth in point shares. So he's one of the top, depending on where you draw the line, he's after Richard, he's the best goal scorer of the year. Um, but he's, but he really didn't pass much. So he's, he might be a, top offensive player he might not be um point shares is the fifth best player of the year so that take that for what it's worth his 82 game average is 71 points but of course remember uh this is a low scoring era his three-year peak um is 59 points uh 60 game average of 59 points so almost a point per game but again uh you know people were not score uh, shooting the lights out at the time um he scored 15 goals and 16 assists in 42 playoff games. So way, way down from a point per game. But of course, people were not scoring at a point per game. Generally speaking, there were a few guys like Bill Cowley who were, but not that many. Playoff era-wise, he doesn't look great, though. Uh, 16th in goals, uh, 20th in assists, 19th in points. Partly he didn't play enough games. So if you if it's goals per game or it's per game, he's 8th in goals per game, 9th in assists per game, and 8th in points per game. looks much better, but... Top 10 player as opposed to a top 5 player. So regular season, he looks significantly better. Um, adjustment for era, he was, at his retirement, he was 15th all-time in adjusted goals. So despite 
um, the fact that it was a low-scoring era. It was it was not as low as some some eras. Um, he is uh, 13th all-time in adjusted goals per game, according to Hockey Reference, which is pretty great. Uh, his adjusted 82-game average is 104 points. So it was a low-scoring era. That bumps him up 30... What was it? 30, 33 points per 82 games. <laughs> Probably not real. Uh, I love those, that, like, wild numbers. Yeah, yeah. It's not as crazy as the 20s, though. In the 20s, it'll be like, he, had a, he scored 500 points per... You know, for 82 games, you're like, what? <laughs> um, uh, he doesn't qualify for a number of adjustments. He doesn't qualify for the uh, assistant points for um, for hockey reference. And then for, uh, for versus X, he doesn't qual- uh, qualify for the assist adjustment. But he is eighth all-time in versus X adjusted goals per game. And he's 14th all-time in versus X adjusted points per game. Now, I've mentioned before versus X really likes guys who played in the thirties and forties. And this is one of the examples, right? Like it, it really looks, makes them look good. Uh, and that's just because there were fewer teams and versus X is related to the league as a whole. So when there's fewer players, you know, uh, you look up, you look better. Um, we have, uh, sort of three trades, sort of two. Um, he was traded. So he played, Initially, he played for Boston. And at age 30, having missed multiple years of his prime to World War II, he was traded uh, to Detroit for Joe Carbeth, um, who is a name I know but don't really know anything about. And the only reason I know him is I think it is from doing too many online uh, hockey trivia quizzes uh, <laughs> on sporkle.com. Plug, plug, plug. Um, and... Uh, so he gets traded to Detroit, and he has a good season for Detroit, and I don't really know what the hell happened. But Detroit decides uh, that they don't want him. And so he is traded uh, to the Rangers. But And this is a, like a year and a bit after he was traded to Detroit by Boston for somebody. And he's traded for Eddie Slowinski, who is like apparently nobody um and so he uh, so conacher doesn't want to go to new york i don't know why conacher doesn't want to go to new york and he refuses to report and so a week 10 days later he's traded uh to chicago for cash and um that was stupid and the reason <laughs> is stupid is because a couple years later he wins the art ross uh-huh. so i don't know what the hell detroit's problem was but um that was dumb of them. And and it was just cash, right? I don't, I don't yeah. know the amount of money, but like, um, it just, it seems like it, it was a stupid, stupid hockey decision. Anyway. So, uh, you'll be shocked to learn that he, uh, finished top five in heart voting the season that he won the art Ross. Uh, that was 1949. He was third behind. Let's find out who he finished behind. Behind Sid Abel from his former uh, his former Detroit Red Wings teammate, and Bill Dernan, the goalie for the uh, the Habs, uh, who as as Bill and I talked about in the Heart series, was very very good. Um, he was. Oh, we also in our Heart series, uh, we 
we called him uh, the best player of 1949. Now, the Blackhawks were not uh, good. So, uh, he didn't. We had this thing where we were doing MVP versus best player, and the MVP was the guy who actually, team was actually in the playoffs, and that was not uh, the Blackhawks that year, if, if memory serves. Um, but that year, he was also the best offensive player in the league by uh, point shares. Um, so he looked, and he was first team all star and stuff. He, he had a, it was his best season easily. And, um, and he, like, so yeah, he, he, he looks, uh, he looks pretty good, uh, that year. And then he was top 10 offensive player eight times. So, you know, it was a smaller league, but, um, you know, he, he looks, uh, he, he, that makes him look pretty good, right? Cause he hit, what did I say? 11, 11 seasons. So eight, eight yeah. of those 11 seasons being a top 10 offensive player is pretty great. He led the league in, in goals a different season than he led the league in points. He actually led the league in goals in his first season in the league. And also notable, he led the league in goals per game his first three seasons in the league. So right before Richard came in, he was the dominant goal scorer of his era. And then, like, he went away for World War II and he came back. Richard was there, like, scoring more than him. Yeah. Um, but he, all, he did lead the league in points once. And, uh, yeah, he was... Uh, Top ten point six times, uh, top ten in uh, goals eight times, uh, only top ten assists twice because he wasn't much of a passer. And like I said, he made one first team All Star appearance, and that was uh, the year that he won the Art Ross. And weirdly, he only has one All Star game appearance. Go, for, I have no idea what that's like, why that is. But of course, the All Star game was sort of was a weird thing back then. There were like yeah. there were years that like. Like the 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 Stanley Cup winning team would play the like a a motley crew of the best players in the league, and there was all sorts of weird shit that happened. So I don't remember when it became a normal thing, but it was not while he was playing in the NHL. Um, he was the best player by points on a uh, on that a Red Wings team, the one and only Red Wings team that he was on that went to the uh, that had a really, I guess they. Uh, I, I said I wrote down they went to the conference finals, but of course it was the original six era, so they just lost in the first round. But he had a fantastic year, that playoff, and then he won two Stanley Cups, um, with the Bruins in '39 and '41, and he was uh, a top three forward by points on the '39 Bruins, and he was a top six forward on the '41 Bruins. We don't know what the lineups were or anything like that because it's the '40s. Um. And then they went to the finals in twenty, uh, sorry, in '46. But he was hurt, and he missed seventy percent of their games. So, um, but he won two cups, and he was on some other conference finals and stuff. So, what do you think, Bill? I'm gonna say yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, looks pretty good. Second best goal scorer of his era. He uh, he show he didn't show up every playoff series, but he showed up in two of them anyway, or two playoffs. Where he really showed up. No, there's um, certain no, certainly no reason to kick him out. Yeah, yeah, and and Art Ross and uh, a Richard, if it existed, obviously it didn't because Richard didn't exist. It wasn't an NHL player yet. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it looks. I mean, he's clearly not 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 the star his brother was, but uh, still pretty still a pretty big star, and uh, would have had better playoff results had he not 
I don't know why you choose the Blackhawks over the Rangers, but he did. <laughs> um, and like the moment he did that, of course, he never made the playoffs again. <laughs> well, something. Life is about choices, you know. So maybe, yeah. uh, maybe, maybe he had a lady friend in that town. Uh, maybe they offered him; they were going to offer him more money, or they were going to pay for his house. Who knows what was going on back then, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea. It's very, it's very strange to me that you would refuse a trade. I understand that New York and Chicago were both as cities about as good as you can get in in North America at the time, yeah. but like but why you would re- refuse a trade to New York and choose. I mean, I understand that the Rangers, uh, well, the Rangers had won a cup in the early forties, but I don't know what the Rangers were like when he refused the trade, but like Chicago was, it was the beginning of that period where the, the Blackhawks were essentially a farm team for the Red Wings, I think. So um, <laughs> I don't know when that actually started. It might've been a little bit later than when he played, but I mean, they were not good. Because they didn't make the playoffs once, and you know four teams made the playoffs every year, and there were six teams in the league. So, anyway, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think he uh, he he belongs. So, uh, Stasny, yeah, yep. okay, Goulet, um, yes, but not as convincingly as uh, Stasny. Yeah, I agree with you there. And Roy Conacher. Yep. No, I never saw him play, uh, never even seen footage, but uh, there's definitely no reason to kick him out. And he's got the Art Ross, and he's got some some pretty impressive numbers uh, compared to his peers. So I think he belongs. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know the story as to why he was plucked out of history. To uh, he he'd been dead for 15 years or 14 years when he was inducted. Wow. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know why. I have no idea why he was chosen to go in this year, but um, it seems like a completely reasonable decision to me to include him with the other two. I I think it's he's clearer than Goulet is, as far as I can. I tell. think so too. Yeah. Um, a little more dominant, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. Um, that's it for us this episode, and uh, we will be uh, back next time with the class of 1997. So. Uh, Look forward to that. And we will see you next time. Take care.